listening to the Retail Razor Show, where your expert hosts and their guests cast through the clutter in retail and retail tech to shape the future of retail. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of the Retail Razor Show. I'm your host, Ricardo Belmar. And I'm your co-host, Casey Golden. Welcome to retail's favorite podcast for product junkies, commerce technologists, and everyone else in retail and retail tech alike. Well, Casey, we have made it to our last recording live and in person at Grocery Shop, which means this brings our latest crossover event with This Week in Innovation podcast and special guest host, Jeff Roster, to a close. This has been such an amazing series of conversations. Still may not make it next year, but... (laughs) (laughs) You guys are doing a really good job keeping me in the recap and the loop. So starting with a great recap of Grocery Shop with the content team themselves, Christina Gustafson and Ben Miller. Then an awesome discussion with Shish Shidar and the startup scene at the show. You even included some interesting predictions going into 2024 for that one. Yes, true, true. Indeed, we did. And then the last episode, you and Jeff got deep into retail media networks with Andrew Lipsman, which I have to say is always a fun conversation. So what do we have on tap for our listeners and viewers for the final installment in the series? Well, this is a special treat. Uh, Jeff and I had the pleasure of reconnecting with Neil Redding, head of product at Alki Labs, who, of course, was on the show earlier this season episode two, if I remember correctly. And he was here to talk about spatial computing, a term that's only just been hitting the news a lot because of Apple's Vision Pro augmented reality headset announcement. So Neil was at Grocery Shop launching the very product that he previewed with us on the show. Very cool. Yeah. So turns out that Neil and Alki also introduced what I think is a pretty powerful use case. So one centered on store teams and augmenting the capabilities of those frontline workers with augmented reality. Uh, In fact, I saw a demo at Alki's booth where uh, a store associate, let's say, needs to restock a shelf of, I don't know, ramen noodles or something. Uh, Well, let's say this is a new employee, too, uh, and they don't have the store layout quite memorized yet. So how do they find the right aisle as quickly and efficiently as possible and the right shelf? Well, it's simple now with this solution. They use their smartphone and the Alki Labs software, and the app literally guides them on screen with a navigational path and arrows and everything, right? Just like you would expect a navigation app would anywhere, right? Down to down to the aisle and shelf level. And then when they look at the shelf, it's AR. So it shows them an exact placement of the product they're carrying and where it's supposed to go on that shelf. So there's no question what the planogram is supposed to be and no guesswork on part of the store associate. Well, that's a nice efficiency booster. I can see how this would be a big improvement for store teams. Yeah. Usually you're just thrown into the with the sharks. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so while last time Neil talked with us about uh, consumer-facing applications of this technology, this time we were a little more focused on the operational side of things. So really good discussion about that, uh, about augmenting store teams and about everything else Alki Labs launched a grocery shop and spatial computing space. Well, that just so happens to be a great connecting point to our first segment on the show. So before we get into the discussion with Neil, What do you think about doing a short detour and talking about something completely different about becoming a great retail leader and a good friend of the show that honesty needs no introduction? It's time for one of our newest segments on the show, Blade to Greatness, where we hear from a retail industry leader who shares their insights and wisdom on how to excel in this dynamic and competitive field. In this segment, we learn about the essential skills and qualities that every retail executive needs to lead their teams and their business to success. Whether we're talking about the corporate office or stores, we'll uncover valuable tips and advice that you can apply to your own retail career growth. Today, we'll speak with Ron Thurston, co-founder of Aussie, best-selling author of Retail Pride, podcast host, speaker, advisor, and board member. Ron leverages his extensive experience leading retail operations for America's most prominent brands to bring attention to the issues facing frontline workers and retail leaders today. After releasing his book, Retail Pride, and the Retail in America tour and podcast, Ron has co-founded Aussie to disrupt how the retail industry hires, engages, and connects retail workers with retail brands and technology partners. 
Today he's here to talk to us about an incredibly important aspect of change and culture that every retail leader needs to foster. Implementing a career development culture as the first step to change your mindset and make change. Let's listen to what Ron has to share with us. Welcome, Ron. Great. Thank you so much, Casey. I love a conversation about how to retain and have career development within retail because it is by far the number one thing I hear and also shows up in surveys around why I stay in retail or why I don't stay in retail is about mentorship and career development conversation. There's no exception to that. It's not compensation. Um, certainly a lot of conversation about flexibility and work in part-time, but the majority of anyone who's worked in brick and mortar retail who has chosen to stay in this role because they love it is because we're having important career trajectory conversations, which may or may not be within the organization. They may be ones that take you to a different company, but someone has really guided you in that journey. And I wanted to just spend a couple of moments because I was recently doing a webinar with Sukarita Kavali from Forrester, and they just released some statistics that I think are fascinating. So if you missed that webinar, I wanted to share part of the turnover is that retail does have higher turnover than other industries. So in April of 2022, a little more than a year ago, the average turnover in all trades is 3% per month. So it's a quit rates are the total number of quits during the entire month as a percentage of employees. So on average in every industry, in April 2022, 3% of the workforce turned over in a month. In retail, it was 4.4% of the total workforce. And here we, and today as we sit, both have gone down. So April 2023, it's 2.5% in all industries. And in retail, it's gone down a full percentage point to 3.5, which is great news because there was a lot of conversation about not being able to hire and therefore have high turnover rate. So good news, it's going down, but there are still real pain points. One around inconsistent and unpredictable scheduling, um, around benefits like limited employer-sponsored benefits, little or no career advancement and understaffing. And the reason, you know, the understaffing becomes such an important point in retention because it said in April 2022, 63% of workers say that staff shortages are contributing to their burnout. And that led to lost work days and to depression and anxiety and sick days. All of this is because of staff shortages. So as quit rates have gone down, there's still a staff shortage problem. Uh, that there's, there's a very high cost to what that means. Uh, this kind of idea of how um, culture and brand and how you communicate that in conjunction with career development is a critical component to retention. So it's the good news, again, just to summarize, quit rates going down, uh, yet we still have significant amount of open and we have a significant amount of people who are making decisions about staying in retail based on career conversations that are, may or may not be happening today. That, that's part of, that's part of Aussie is also let's assess where you are in your career and let's suggest some other opportunities for career advancement based on your current skill set. So Ron, one of the things that has always struck me in this topic is that in, in the past, we've always heard a lot of retailers using phrases like, you know, our store teams, they are the front line that represents our brand to the consumer. And when you hear that, you would always think, well, then they must really highly value those employees and are go and because of that, if they really are the face of the brand to that customer, then surely you're doing everything you can to develop their skills, their not just sales skills, but other operational skills to make them better serve the, those customers and offer them a career path so that they stay with you in that brand. But I think historically what we all know is that even though we heard retailers say that, it didn't really hold true, right? It, it wasn't really, you didn't see that at the end. And when you talk to those store teams, most store teams didn't feel like that what was coming. I'd like to say that it's gotten better, 
And I think just hearing you talk about it, it gets pretty clear what some of the things that need to happen. That's a mindset that does need to change and to become more of a practical reality. I mean, do, yeah. do you believe that's definitely where we're trending? And do you think that maybe what we saw during the pandemic and what happened with stores, that's been that final push that has gotten retailers at the executive level to move in this direction? Mm. I, you know, I wish Ricardo, I could say consistently, yes. Mm. I think there, there are great demonstrations where that has been true. And there are things that we have never learned. And some of the same bad habits exist. And so I, I do um, have opportunity to speak to a lot of candidates that are either currently in job search or thinking about making a change. And so much of it is related to exactly what you say. And that the frontline teams and every retail brand have so many of the answers that you want to learn about your customer, about the product, about why they choose to shop with you, why they convert, why they don't. People who engage with a live customer and that and converts or doesn't understands exactly why. Because you've had really thorough conversations and it's data you will never be able to capture on a website. You never know why 90 plus percent of the people on your site never convert. You don't know why. Sometimes you'll get a pop-up survey. I'm sure the response rates on that are pretty low. But in a story where I think some of this falls down is if someone would just ask me, I would tell you exactly what needs to change. And creating forums where I shouldn't say what needs to change, what, where we could improve or where product can be better or inventory levels or store design, all of this, it can actually be captured by people who are standing in front of their customer every day. And so creating forums to do that, whether it store visits, it's coffee talks, it's Zoom meetings, it's town halls, whatever works for you, then I think retention and that conversation are so inextricably linked. You know, just last weekend, I was in Sawgrass Malls here in Florida, went into a store and into someone who used to work for me. And the first thing that he said was, I remember when you visited the store and you sat down with us and like had coffee in the morning before we opened and you asked us all what we loved about working here, what we didn't, what we could do better as a company, how we could improve. Let's talk about product. Tell me what your customer is saying today. For me, it was an hour of time spent and, you know, $10 worth of Starbucks. And this person years later remembers that meeting. And you can't underestimate the power of what that means to seal teams, to just sit and listen and act and respond. It's the greatest thing you can do to retain your team. Yeah, I think you really set an example with your Retail in America tour for everyone to get back into the stores. Even when it was the least convenient, you really showed a way of doing this. Because if I worked on a retail floor and I was looking for a job change, you'd be my number one dream phone call, right? I would already be following you on LinkedIn. I would are you would already be like the ideal. I've got to get a meeting with Ron. I'm looking for a career change. So I think that you've become this great ambassador. And I think that that bridge, it's hard for other people to say how to grow, like how to develop these types of cultures. And I just feel like it's so much of your DNA that you offer that you're just like a natural resource. So <laughs> I'm so grateful that you. join all these conversations and these podcasts to really open that up to say there is a resource, there is a way, because I think on both sides, they both want to come to you. Thank you, Casey. That's really kind. I also, I would say it's easier to do than you think it is. And that engagement is nothing more than honest and thoughtful and empathetic conversation. And we all know how to do that. And we all, but just doing it is the first step and yeah. you know, yeah. how, whatever that needs to look like. And I just think sometimes we're afraid to take that first step because you're also afraid of maybe what you're going to hear. You know, sometimes it's like you right. coach the team right. before the CEO arrives and you say, well, make sure you don't talk about this and don't do that. And I would come from the place of tell me the worst thing. What do you hate about working here? Like, tell me. 
and in a very like thoughtful and honest way because they want you to tell me the truth. So sometimes they think we're afraid to ask the questions because we're afraid of what we're going to hear. And we can't yeah. improve if we don't know. We can't change retention. You know, core of this conversation is retaining great people. You can't retain them if you don't provide the opportunity to tell the truth and then change it. And that for me is the best thing you could do is to say, you know what? I'm so glad we had that meeting. I didn't actually know that. And therefore, this is what we're going to do differently at our company today. And maybe award that person next company town hall say, well, great. The best idea for the year came from Casey when I visited the store. Like there, there are ways to create culture that is about feedback and about recognition that is so powerful yet so easy to do. Yeah, I think that is a great way to summarize what those specific key traits are that every retail leader should take away from this conversation and how to make that culture better and how to really work towards retaining those important store teams that, that you have today and making it more enticing for the new ones, for the new folks that you have coming in. So Ron, thank you so much for sharing these thoughts and these and words of wisdom with us today. Thank you, Ricardo and Casey. It's a pleasure. So many great points Ron made that relate to developing retail careers, mentoring, and so much more. Yeah, as always, Ron really knows how to talk through all these challenging issues facing frontline store teams. And he, he always does it in a way that just opens your mind to better understand why these challenges and issues matter so much. So many of them don't need to be so difficult if, let's face it, retail execs just reframe how they perceive their employees' skills and talent and have a willingness to really develop and nurture those skills in, a, in an environment that openly explores the best way to do it, growing their talent, retaining that talent, and enticing new talent to join the organization and be excited about working there. I completely agree. Well, what do you say, Casey? Should we jump right into our final grocery shop discussion? Absolutely. Let's get right to it and enjoy the conversation you and Jeff Roster had with Neil Redding, head of product at Aki Labs. Welcome, everybody. We are here at Grocery Shop 2023. I'm Ricardo Belmar, and I am once again teaming up with our good friend Jeff Roster from This Week in Innovation for some exceptionally interesting and insightful interviews uh, for the show. Jeff, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing phenomenal. It's a great day here in Las Vegas. The conference center is sparkling. It's a beautiful walk. A uh, little problem um, with some of these infrastructure, but other than that, everything's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, we'll not say any more on that. But we are fortunate, though, today to have a returning guest to the show that we last spoke with at the Shop Talk, in fact, Neil Redding from Alki Labs. And Neil is joining us today with a fascinating update. When we last spoke with Neil, and first of all, Neil, welcome back to the show. You know, when we last spoke, what you were telling us, we were talking about spatial computing. When we spoke, it was right at the time that Apple announced their Vision Pro device, and we were talking about the implications of that to commerce. And since then, Neil, I think you have some exciting news to share with us about what Alki Labs is launching. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Ricardo and Jeff. Great to see you again as well. Great to be here at Grocery Shop. So yeah, the 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 punchline is that at Alki Labs, we're a tech startup. We've been running for a couple of years now, building a spatial computing protocol and infrastructure. So as you mentioned, when we spoke last at, at Apple Vision Pro launch in at right after Shop Talk, right in early June, they announced, or Tim Cook announced, that actually there's this new era beginning that they're calling the era of spatial computing, building on personal computing and mobile computing. And so we felt very gratified that we're, we're aligned with where Apple's indicating that the, the puck is headed or where, where things are headed. But what we're doing now at Grocery Shop and also simultaneously at Paris Retail Week in Paris is launching our platform called Convergence, which we call a spatial computing platform for retail. So that's that's what we're up to here. And obviously, uh, we'll get more into what that is and um, why it's relevant I think, to grocery retailers and CPG. Yeah, well, why don't we jump into that? So I'm, I'm fascinated. I think when we last spoke, we were talking maybe a little bit more generically of how spatial computing could change commerce for retailers, but uh, not with grocery shop. Let's dig into what the unique aspect is here and value that you're bringing for grocers. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, when we last spoke, we were speaking specifically about the area of focus that we had the first half of this year, really, or most of this year at Alki Labs, building this um, retail-focused platform. 
which was being able to present promotions and retail media style content in augmented reality at specific locations throughout a, a place of commerce, like a retail store, right? So without having to print, uh, we could create and dynamically place, just like you do on a CMS for a website, constantly updatable promotional content wherever you want in the store. Think promotional banners or signage in the store, but done digitally in augmented reality on shoppers' personal devices, like on their iPhones or Android phones. So that's great, and we're getting a lot of excitement and continue to about that proposition, the shopper marketing proposition. But what we've also realized in the past few months is that there is a more, even more immediate way that retailers, and particularly grocery retailers, can use this technology, this spatial computing platform that allows the placement of any kind of digital information at specific physical locations in, in a store. And that is the retail operations and associate productivity realm. And what we found is that many grocery retailers are really excited about the ability to place task information, notes from store managers to staff or between um, staff at specific locations within the store. And that their retail task management, which um, is in use as a product category across most stores these days, does fall short a little bit in terms of clarifying and clearly communicating the physical location that many tasks need to be done within the store. So there might be a task, for example, in a standard retail task management workflow that says, restock this shelf with this kind of cereal or fix this display or fix this shelf in this part of the store. But the description in the task might be abstract and difficult for particularly, say, a new um, associate to understand, right? So location, communication about location and the physical context for a task is, is difficult in the abstract, even if they have physical maps. Sometimes it's hard for people to find that out. So what we're able to do uniquely with our ability to precisely place this kind of digital information in physical space is bring people to the actual physical location where a task needs to be performed, right? So this is one dimension of the retail operations platform or set of applications that we're bringing, being able to, to do task management in physical locations. Another aspect of this, and there's another app that we've built, runs on our platform that does this, is solving the picking and restocking use case specifically, right? So there's a lot of money and time that retailers spend on onboarding and training, right? There's huge uh, turnover, right? I think at Walmart last year's turnover was something like 44%, right? It's a large number. And so every time there's a new employee onboarded, or even employee, new staff that comes from a different location that's unfamiliar with that particular store's layout, there's time that's required, right? From someone who's an, already familiar in the store, like using a buddy system to let them know what's where. And they, there's just a, a ramp up time, right? An onboarding time. And that is expensive, especially when, when thought of at scale across many hundreds of thousands of employees, right? At large chains. And so what our app that's called Search enables new associates or really any associates to do is at the level of the SKU or the barcode, like know uh, what a product is and be able to be guided directly to it uh, where it's being stocked or where it needs to be restocked in the store. So this is also possible providing turn-by-turn -turn navigation throughout the store uh, using this spatial computing platform. And a third use case is actually planogram focused, right? So there's often, again, with new associates, lack of clarity and difficulty communication, communicating what good looks like, right? What the picture of success looks like in terms of merchandising and stores use planograms, but those are often difficult to apply in context when you're standing there at the shelf knowing what it should look like. What we're able to do is actually drop planograms as a as an asset that you can experience in augmented reality and see that in front of the shelf as you're mm -hmm. stocking it, right? If you're a new associate. So you have that just-in-time contextual uh, guidance about what product to place where. And if you see, if you look at videos that we have on our YouTube channel at Alki Labs or at alkilabs.com slash convergence, you'll see video that uh, illustrates this because really seeing is believing when yeah. we're talking about augmented reality. I mean, here we're just having a <laughs> voice conversation, but I mean, this came up last time, right? Yeah. You really need to be able to see right, this, right. but so we'll put in the show notes, I think, and, yeah. or yeah. you can just go directly to alkylabs.com slash convert. So, so I'm, I'm picturing in the store from a workforce management point of view, I like these use cases. I, I send out, I have my store where you can basically go out into the store with a mobile device and essentially you're saying they're, they're going to 
look at a given aisle, hold up the mobile device, and through AR, there may be notes for different tasks that, they, that need to be accomplished yes. in that aisle. If it's uh, replenishment against the planogram, that's going to show up in that view. So the employee knows immediately what work needs to be done in that shelf without having to actually look. Literally, I guess, I'm, I mean, they don't really have to scan the aisle. They're going to look on the screen and through AR, it's going to tell them what's within view and what needs work needs to be done. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, one way to think of it is just annotations on the physical environment mm -hmm. in augmented reality on a device. It could be, you know, a tablet that's provided mm -hmm. by the store. Really, the technology can just run in a BYOD uh, way, meaning, you know, store associates can bring their own devices to, to work and then have these apps that, we, that are part of the convergent um, platform loaded onto their devices as long as they're capable of augmented reality. So they do have to, at this point, be towards the high end of iPhone or Android device capability. Mm -hmm. But increasingly, most phones are capable of this. So, so yeah, there's the ability to, just as a store associate, increase your productivity by seeing precisely uh, placed digital guidance about what needs to be done, how it needs to be done, who it's assigned to, what good looks like in terms of planograms, in terms of tasks. And right. That. So we think, and the pilots that we've got underway now, because we're based in Hong Kong primarily, actually, there's a lot of grocery retail there that is very excited about these particular use cases and have been helping us do really product discovery around these use cases. And so they're finding a lot of value, these particular use cases, and we're building them out for them. Well, grocery retail. Very yeah. interesting. Very interesting. So when we last talked, I mean, it was more, I, more, Customer uh, facing, right? Uh, and this right. is very store uh, associate facing. Classic analyst question: Where does this technology sit? Is it store task management? Is it, or is this a whole new category that you're talking? So, if we take a step back and reference again the the fact that Tim Cook and Apple have heralded this emerging new era of spatial computing, right? We believe for years at Alki Labs, and I independently for years before that that. Digital and physical are coming together, right? Over over time, and I know we've talked about this before, and you're an enthusiast for this as well, Jeff, right? That being I'm still waiting, to, being still a, waiting for my, my use case. But, He's still an enthusiast. <laughs> I'm still an enthusiast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I called myself an enthusiast about this for a while, but but it feels right inevitable that eventually digital information that has a physical context will show up in the world, right? That we're not going to be looking down at these black slabs in our hands forever, and so. To answer your question, like, what is this product, right? I mean, we are in the throes of figuring out, like, how do we um, present uh, our capabilities differently to both the shopper marketing context and the retail operations or retail task management context. And we have capabilities in both areas, right? Shopper marketing, as we talked about, is, is continues to be an area. It feels like there's a longer sales cycle. There's a longer lead time to actually bringing the ability to place promotions in the context of first-party apps that many retailers have. And we're working with several large ones to integrate our capabilities into their mobile apps so that when you're shopping at, it's going to make it up, a Kroger or a Walmart or any number of other grocery retailers, there's already a certain amount of uptake with their mobile apps for loyalty purposes right, right. for, in some cases, as you put products in your cart, you can scan them, and then when you can optimize your checkout process when you get to checkout. We want to enable those apps to also have the ability to see these kinds of promotions in context as you move through the aisle and be able to discover them and be guided to them digitally and augmented reality. So that's happening, and there's traction yeah. there, but I think there's a longer time to make all that happen. Those of us who've worked in retail and understand yeah, there's the an adoption curve there, right? There's just lead cycles, yeah. right, to get there. Yeah. But what we're finding is that in the more immediate time frame, as I mentioned, grocery retailers are finding that they can optimize and shave time off mm -hmm. everyday tasks. And you know, a simple way to put yeah. it is if you can shave even a few seconds off tasks that are performed by dozens, if not hundreds of associates throughout the day, every day, particularly with new associates, right, that just have this learning curve and right. there's this knowledge transfer time period that costs real money. And if you yeah. can have apps that run on their phones that allow them to avoid having to go find a more senior, more uh, familiar associate to answer a question like, how do I do this? How should I stock this? Mm -hmm. Where is this product? Yeah. Or even just the everyday use case of e-commerce order picking, right? Like right. there's often unfamiliar pickers have to come in and find where each product is to fulfill an e-commerce order, right? Yeah. And so what we can provide is literally take an order from that's coming in from e-commerce 
and provide a prioritized list and a turn-by-turn navigation kind of guidance through the store to fulfill that pick list and really optimize that whole trip for the picker with this same technology, right? Because right. it's all about understanding and having this, these annotations where each of these products yeah. are. So there's definitely a, a workforce efficiency that you're uh, pitching there uh, that translates to a labor cost savings. And if I just, by your example, if you were in the, the keynote session with Kroger's CEO today, even mentioned one of the challenges with online and digital grocery is that you've got increased costs and yes. you have to find a way to reduce those to get some profitability back out of that as more and more people want to go digital. So I think you're, you're offering a component of that then by reducing time to complete certain tasks by the store staff. And that should translate to a cost savings if you can get those employees and working on something that has a higher value. Right. No, I mean, we know it translates to cost savings, right? Yeah. Because it's just, it's simple math, right? Again, right. there's the turnover numbers that we know, like right. 44%. Yeah, there's the training Walmart, benefit you and have there's too. The, the training benefit. I mean, Think of it like this. There's training is required because there isn't an ability to just immediately know if you're an associate. Where is this product? Where should it be stocked? Where is this task that needs to be performed? What's the physical location in the store that needs to be performed? If you don't already know, you can either ask another human, another colleague, or you could have a context, you know, contextual guidance from the device that's already in your hand, right? Which is the case, right? I mean, store associates just like us tend to have our devices in our hands. And so what we're actually seeing is the ability to remove some of the training need, some of the training burden and the time associated with training, and of course, the cost associated with training. It almost feels like spatial computing might be a whole something we forecast to. And then, that, then we solve that problem of is it store? Clearly, it's both store, store, uh, store associate facing and and consumer facing. But then, what what are the analyst community? What do we do? Well, if we net out on spatial computing, then that just becomes a another tech bite, uh, bucket that we put. Right. In. It is. I mean, so we talked before, right, about shoppers finding what they're looking for, right? Sometimes shoppers come in, and when we talk about promotions, there are many shoppers, especially in an era of high inflation, that what they're looking for is what's on sale right? That's what they're searching for as they come into the store. And so the same technology, I mean, having been a technologist my whole uh, career, there's a way in which we look at problems that and see the, the common threads across different product categories, right? And I absolutely hear what you're saying. As an analyst, we want to say, what category bucket does this product fit into, right? But from a capability perspective, mm -hmm. we're like, well, shoppers and Retail store associates both have the same need of finding out where something is or where something should be in the physical space called the store, right? Pickers, shoppers, everyday associates that are just doing general tasks, right? So we can offer all of them the ability to get from where they are to where they, where the products are that they want or where the tasks are that they need to perform. It's the same technology, right? So like I said earlier, I mean, we're in the throes of we've launched this. We're in pilot phases with a number of retailers. We're rolling it out to as a beta program to North America and, and Europe now. And we're working closely with these pilot customers to evolve what this product is and how it shows up in each of their businesses. I notice you're not using the word augmented reality much and really using the term spatial computing. So is that what you're, you know, as you move into the uh, further down the road, you're just going to adopt that term? Yeah, it's a good observation, Jeff. We've been using the term spatial computing at Alki Labs for a couple of years. We've also used the term augmented reality. I mean, and they are slightly different, right? I mean, spatial computing is really essentially the ability, giving computers and digital devices the ability to understand where they are in a physical context, right? I mean, GPS gives phones and devices the ability to understand where they are in the world globally. And what we're building with uh, our, what we call a pose mesh, which we don't need to get too much into, but it's a spatial computing protocol that is distributed and decentralized. What is What that enables is for any device to understand where it is in the context of a certain coordinate system, right? And we can set up these coordinate systems, 3D coordinate systems in any physical space. We're focusing right now on retail stores. We can do it in warehouses. We can do it in event centers, which we have done, various conferences. We've done navigation for events between booths and things like this. So spatial computing is that capability of giving computers the ability to understand where they are in space, right? Where they are relative to each other. Augmented reality benefits from spatial computing because anytime you place digital content, whether it's 2D or even more importantly, if it's 3D, you know, it needs to look and interact in a realistic way, right? I mean, it, it has a place 
in a physical context. And it's just like anything physical, like if it's signage or if it's a box or a product, like you want it to look realistic. You want to be able to walk around it from different angles and see from different angles like you do with a physical thing, whether it's a signage or a box, right? So augmented reality, does that make sense? So it benefits from spatial <laughs> computing at a technical level. And, and so these technologies, these capabilities are intertwined, and that's why we're speaking about them in a related way. And the same, if you listen to Tim Cook, if you listen to Apple over the years, I mean, they've started, they've, they didn't call this the era of augmented reality, even though Tim Cook for many years had said, augmented reality is as big as the smartphone. This is the future of what we're up to. This is where we see the future. But then when they announced the Vision Pro, they didn't say this is an AR device. They said this is a spatial computer. And that's interesting, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to presume to know every reason why Tim Cook and Apple decided to, to call this spatial computing. But I think augmented reality, if I were to guess and speak for how we think at Alki Labs, augmented reality is a, a capability. It's a visual way of interacting and engaging with information and content that is enabled by spatial computing. But spatial computing is a much bigger capability that can allow uh, vehicles to navigate autonomously and robots and various other kinds of capabilities in the near future that are in addition to augmented reality. So in two years, if we're talking, are you even using the word augmented reality or is it just spatial computing? I think augmented reality is still relevant. It's descriptive I mean, I for sure. It's, it is. And you know as well as I do, right? I mean, so these terms go in and out of style, right? I mean, well, I, I help make I, them go in and out of style. So, That's kind of my job. So, yes. I mean, so... There's I think, one I really want to bury. I haven't buried it yet, but I'm working on it. Okay. Are we going to keep that a secret then? Oh, what, everyone you know, knows. That is on the channel. Yeah. I hate Fair the enough. term. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you're not going to get any resistance from me on that. We, we like convergent commerce, yeah. which is part, of, like why yeah, called, right, part right. of why we call the product convergent. convergent. But, but also, it's about convergence of digital and physical, right? Bringing right. these things together and making it possible to place digital content and, and information in physical space. But augmented reality, I think, as long as the term is useful and recognized, um, we'll use it. We aren't using it much when we're speaking with retailers, actually, because what we find is that we do better and our, our product does better when we don't talk about the technology so much. Uh, I mean, uh, much less than we were talking about here. I mean, we're all interested in it, but retailers generally are just like, I need to save time, I need to save money. How do I do that? Right. And that's so we're just laser focused on associate productivity, reducing yeah. onboarding time we're, and training costs. Values. Yeah. How do you get yeah. your operations to run more efficiently? And then on the shopper marketing side, like, how do you meet shoppers where they are with more relevant information? help them to find more of what they're looking for, drive bigger basket size, and we're speaking to their sort of business needs. So it really, it does time, sometimes take something for a technologist to start speaking the language of the customer, yeah, but yeah. that's the language yeah. of the customer. And well, well I think there's, there's that's almost a first where the, the customers are ahead of, of the technologist yeah. in that regard. Yeah. You know, it's interesting if you walk the floor here at, at, the, at the conference, there's what, at least two or three autonomous vehicles clearly positioned for last mile delivery, which... I just hadn't really thought about it, but that's spatial computing, correct? 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. so if a retailer is building, I mean, every major grocer, I, I don't know if I have the right to, to say their names, but you can just guess who they are. They're already in very deep pilots with, with these autonomous vehicles. There are some issues. Apparently, if you have a steering wheel, that gets, allows you to do things. If you don't have a steering wheel, that's a whole different, a whole different regulatory situation, which was fascinating. It was a new learning. But the second you're starting to talk about last mile delivery, you're, if you're talking about your spatial computing model, me as an analyst, I think, oh my gosh, that's a, that's a massive, massive new area yeah. of spend that we're going to want to study, we're going to want to survey. So do we need to begin to start thinking about the terms differently and getting the terms correct where I wouldn't get that with augmented or, or virtual realities? So it's probably time to make that, make, make that, that switch. Shift. So it wasn't just us feeling gratified that Apple started using a term that we've been using for a while, spatial computing, but it's also, I mean, Apple leads the market in the real yeah. way. And so, I mean, they thought very carefully about the term they use to describe what this thing is, right? I mean, it's an expensive device. They've invested a lot. No doubt their long-term roadmap is populated with a lot more spatial computing and augmented reality devices. We know that since that launch or shortly after that launch in June, that we learned that they bought a small AR glasses company as well. So, I mean, and they've bought others over the years. So, I mean, the Vision Pro, just like their product naming tends to do, I mean, you can imagine a Vision or a Vision Air device in the next couple of right. years, right? right. Yeah, but, that's right. Just, 
you can make inferences based on how they name products yeah. and where they're headed. But the point is, for them to say there was personal computing introduced by the Macintosh, of course, they're taking credit for each of these of course, eras, yeah. right? But there was mm. the Mac with personal computing, there was the iPhone that introduced mobile computing, right. and now we've got Vision Pro, which introduces spatial computing. So right. that's a small set eras and and thing that they're talking about here. So they've selected these terms very mm. carefully, right? Yeah. So yeah. to me, even if no one else was using the term, which is not the case, right? I mean, but even if no one else was using the term, this term spatial computing would be important to pay attention to for that reason. Yeah, have you seen analysts begin more. to forecast this, the space other than the last mile? I don't know that I've heard that term and get tied to market forecasts and whatnot, but I mean, it's a massive right. number. It's a, it's a massive. It is. Yeah. And, and as you're pointing to, yes, I mean, autonomous vehicles, robotics. I mean, so we're, our booth uh, is A366 here at Grocery Shop. And um, just a few booths over, there's a company, Fabric, mm. which you've probably seen or heard of. I mean, they've in their booth, they've got robots right. carrying products that are part of order fulfillment. And they have, just as we do, we haven't mentioned this uh, yet in this conversation here, but we use QR codes that devices, once we've set up what we call a domain, this coordinate system in a space, a device, then a phone, scans this QR code and then it is in this 3D coordinate system. But there are robots are wheeled, right? They're wheeled carts that are scanning QR codes on the floor of their booths. Stop by and see how this mm -hmm. works. But it's similar, right? I mean, those robots know where they are in the warehouse by yeah. scanning QR codes that are each unique on the floor and they navigate that way. And so it's another form of spatial computing yeah. that uses similar kinds of markers to, to understand I mean, where they are. So the point is, this is, wow. uh, and yeah. you know, as you pointed out, autonomous vehicles, there's cruise, right? right. Which has, you know, it's also a, just two booths down from, from fabric, yeah. Yes. Yeah. which exactly. is a fascinating yeah. stop. Yes. So we're in the same aisle. That's a big aisle. That's, that's a major yeah. Yeah. aisle. Got that so you got to come by and see. And I was there. Yeah. I stopped by. Yeah. yeah. Oh, excellent. Great. I would think Jeff, just to blow your mind, right? I mean, in some ways, I expect to see analysts who are going to try to forecast this. You can define spatial computing to be so inclusive of so many areas. It's like when you see those forecasts of what's the forecast for AI technology? Five trillion right? dollars. It's like, yeah, I go on the record right now. The market is five trillion it's five dollars. Trillion dollars. It's tied to nothing, go. but I guarantee you that's what we're the number. <laughs> well, look, I mean, it, you know, and recent, right? Years ago, said software is eating the world, right? I mean, software that doesn't incorporate AI now is not competitive, right? And I think right. before too long devices and solutions that don't incorporate spatial computing in some way are are not going to be not going to be around competitive i think <laughs> it may take three to five years yeah. right yeah. because yeah. but the point is but that could very well be where we're headed so what I think so. what does yeah. a retailer need to do today if they listen to this podcast and they hadn't really heard of spatial computing but they say oh wow okay yeah. we clearly are, we clearly are, are thinking of last mile delivery we're clearly see what you're talking about what do we need to do to our organization to take advantage of spatial computing yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, one of the, the simple ways is that we've, we've realized that by providing these simple apps that are mobile apps that run on our backend, our spatial computing platform, you can start, you can participate in our pilot or beta program and, and see, do these apps actually shave time off everyday retail tasks, whether it's restocking or onboarding, training, learning how to stock a shelf. So it's really the picture of success as your planogram indicates. Or even starting to use planograms, many retailers we found surprisingly aren't using planograms. And we have a very easy to use solution that you can place planograms in augmented reality in these, uh, in these apps and put the planogram right in front of the shelf so that you're looking at the shelf, you see overlaid on the, on the physical shelf, uh, an image of what product should go where, right? So it's just mm -hmm. like, it's almost mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. Put the square peg in the square yeah, hole. That's you right. Know, it's that simple. <laughs> so the point is there's no training needed. There's right, just use right, the just app, go. show up in front of the shelf right. with the right products, put them where they go. And so try it out. Yeah. I mean, the answer to your question, I think, is is reach out to us and we can show you what we can do. I mean, if you're at grocery shop, I mean, come to our booth, A366. But yeah, I'll keep videos and more information and, yeah. and just reach out. We do virtual demos as well. It's easy for us to demo this over zoom or meet in, in in a video way but um we can also meet up very easily with just about anybody because we've got coverage around the world and and do demos in person partnering with a lot of retailers to do that and also like retail solution integrators is is a is a way we're yeah. going to market as well because yeah i would think you have, your, have a pretty attractive story right for any system integrator that's yes. looking to add things into their portfolio to get into the spatial computing yeah. space and be the guide 
Exactly. For those retailers. Because we're not trying to, we noticed yesterday we're doing our research heading into this show and there are about 60 retail task management solution providers, right? It's a pretty well populated mm-hmm. category. And I mean, really retail task management in, in its essence isn't that different from any kind of task management workflow, right? It's like, Jeff, you need to do this thing. So I'm going to assign it to your account and I'm going to type in some notes about what it is and maybe when it needs to be done and then you can mark it complete. And there are these basic aspects of what it is to do task management. What we add is the ability to actually bring you to the physical location in the store where that task needs to be performed, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we think is is really different yeah. that we're not seeing it's very task visual. management. Yeah, and it's also the source of miscommunication and mistakes, mm-hmm. right? It's very visual and yeah. it also brings you to that physical but, but you see the final outcome right so you have the ability to it's not just here's the task but here's what it's supposed to look like especially in the context right. of in, in context of where it is supposed yes, to be like right and especially in the case of restocking or right. merchandising a shelf so that it matches the planogram absolutely do right. you sit on top task management solution or are you a completely your own store task management solution yes good question okay. so right now we have apps that run just on our own back end but we are in the throws again in the in the process of conversations with various retail task management companies yeah. to be to look at how we can integrate as I was just describing I mean this is we see this as a additional dimension of existing retail task management we don't want to reinvent that entire wheel but we do have the ability to enhance the effectiveness and the associate productivity associated with existing retail task management That solutions. would make a lot more sense because it's, so, I mean, if you're trying to un- unincome all those players, that, that would be a challenge. But playing on top of them, it sounds like a, a much faster, easier yeah, road. We think right. so. And then right. similarly with the shopper marketing side of things, right? Like I mentioned, the, the big retailers really want to continue to drive uptake and adoption of their first-party mobile apps, right? And they have the data about the customer, the first-party data that can inform and even personalize the promotions that are being presented or the marketing content that's being presented to their customers in the store. And so we want to be an enabling capability inside of that, inside of those apps. So this is why we built our SDK that can be integrated into those apps. And that's where we pop back over the customer side. Yes. Interesting. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, again, just to summarize it, I mean, this is why we're calling this a spatial computing platform. I mean, it's, 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 not, it's not because we want to talk so much about the technology. It's just that it is this broad set of capabilities, just like a mobile computing platform, right? I mean, what can you build on a mobile computer, like an iPhone or an Android phone? A lot of different stuff, right? And so we're bringing something to market that is that level of essential infrastructure, like an operating system for placing digital content and information in physical space, you know, that we think over years is going to play out as that general purpose platform. We're starting with retail, both shopper marketing and retail operations, and we see it as a much bigger opportunity, oh, right? So third-party logistics, yeah, last-mile delivery. I mean, right? Yeah, you're right. you're starting to pop in any geolocation. So you're talking malls. You're talking. Well, I, I think you just justified your five trillion dollar forecast. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There Apparently, go. we don't. Uh, <laughs> Forecasting is a little different than, than when it got started, where you actually, well, never mind. Um, yeah, that, that's another podcast. That's another podcast. <laughs> I know. I think you sold me, Neil, on, yeah. on the idea that that is a, a defined category spatial computing that, man, that has, yeah. that has a lot of yeah. feed in a, a lot, lot of potential. Places. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a platform. I mean, as we're talking about a new platform, so lots of, lots and possibilities. So again, back to your $5 trillion forecast. I think also, <laughs> you know what? If that shows up somewhere, if that yeah. shows up somewhere, it's going to be quoted from oh, this podcast. Gosh. Jeff Roster, Literally, five trillion dollar forecast. For I wanted to go computing. seventeen trillion, but I think somebody already grabbed that number for something else. <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard no, it but here I think first. we'll also, you know, for what it's worth, right? I think between now and I don't know the next six to nine months, we're going to hear a lot more from Apple as well as others, yeah. right? I mean, right. They're, and right. what their focus with spatial computing, right, is is kind of lean back on your couch, content consumption. I mean, that's what we saw most of, right, the in, demos, the, yeah. in the launch. And and so that was a very broad introducing the public at large, right, to yeah. what spatial computing can be from an Apple perspective. Like, what do people yeah. already know and love and understand, right? But I think there will be more from, from Apple that will help us generally understand the size, the potential, the capabilities, because they're not just about, as a company entertainment or sitting on your couch and right. watching videos and movies, it's a good place to start because it's a common 
it gets adoption, right? I mean, that's a way to get consumer adoption, Everyone which does is this, key right? for every one of these new yeah. platforms and things that comes out. Ultimately, we could, it's another podcast, but you can debate what happened to metaverse. It's because you, it missed that adoption piece. And similarly, one thing I'll, I'll leave people with, right, is that we, I mean, some people ask, you're, you've got this big vision of spatial computing, and it's much bigger than retail and at the scale of mobile computing or even bigger. Why grocery, right? Why this uh, retail focus even? And I think we probably mentioned this last time we spoke is that everybody is a grocery shopper. Everybody shops yeah. on a regular basis. And so this is context for crossover, sort of crossing the chasm, if you will, from niche uh, to every day, right? And we really are believers in augmented reality and spatial computing becoming an everyday technology that people use. And Another phrase that we've liked to use is from toy to tool, right? And augmented reality has really been a toy for quite a while. That makes, just makes you laugh because yeah, it, seems, started on that one. it yeah. seems clever, right? But it's just a nice alliteration that describes yeah. like what we feel like we're on the cusp of this. And entertainment is one thing, but we feel like everyone does yeah. need to, to yeah. shop for groceries, right? right? right. So right. if we can make a difference there then I think we can maybe make a difference elsewhere. And also not going to have any other industry where you have the stores or the associate and the customer engaged in mil- billions of interactions over yeah. the course of a year. There's, I mean, I can't think of anything. I mean, right. hospitals, yeah, but not at that level. Not uh, in the same way. Not museums, in the same way that generates a transaction, yeah. right? And I, th- I thought it's very insightful to say that literally 100% of us are, are grocery shoppers, unless you're homesteading somewhere <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere, which right. at some point you become a seed shopper. Or, right. Right. So you literally, you've got, you literally have the entire population. Right. And then right. we've got, a, if you're a hunter-gatherer, maybe you can use our software to find out like where <laughs> yeah. the berries are, where the nuts <laughs> That's are. Right. I don't That's know. Right. That's you, right. Well, you laugh, but I, you laugh, but you I can uh, see it happening. You could see that happening. My sister pulls out her augmented reality app as we were walking through Golden Gate Park, identifying mi- many, many, many of these very special species. So we're already there. Yeah, actually, there you go. I'm there taking you go. notes, Jeff. You just That's inspired right. a whole yeah. new vertical. I, I, I don't know. Enough. You may have taken your forecast to five and a half. Trillion there you go. Seven, seven trillion. It's seven, going up. I heard seven trillion. It's going up trillions in the course of a week. The hunter gatherer market. Yeah, that's right. Well, on that super fascinating, entertaining, and I don't know, maybe somewhat educational note, I think, I think we bring this pod to a close today. Neil, I want to thank you for joining us and giving us this pretty interesting update on, on where you're headed and what's happening with Alki and giving us a lot of additional uh, use cases to think about that are going to fuel Jeff's future spatial computing forecast. There you go. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. Bet. See ya. If you enjoyed our show, please consider giving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Remember to smash that subscribe button in your favorite podcast player or on YouTube so you don't miss a minute. If you haven't tried Good Pods Player yet, give them a spin and follow our show. We recently hit the top of the charts in indie management and marketing podcasts. We love hearing feedback from our listeners. If you want to know more about what we talked about today, take a look at the show notes for handy links and more deets. I'm your co-host, Casey Golden. And if you'd like to connect with us and share your feedback, follow us and the show on Twitter at KCC Golden, Ricardo underscore Belmar, and at Retail Razor, or find us on LinkedIn. And if you want even more from us, be sure and subscribe to our Substack newsletter for full episode transcripts and bonus content. I'm your host, Ricardo Belmar. Thanks for joining us. And remember, there's never been a better time to be in retail if you cut through the clutter. Until next time, this is the Retail Razor Show.